Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome into the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. A podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Shovels to Dyson, front court, 101 with Van Vliet, little Euro. What a nifty move by the Aussie. Dyson Daniels lays it in. I mean, he just took Van Vliet to the cleaners. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now. Welcome to the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I am Joe Cardosi, joined by the unassailable Jim Eichenhofer. Uh, he is still riding around in his Dragula, hitting the road as his uh, as his vision continues to improve. And uh, he is a vision to behold, I gotta say. Uh, seeing him in person is great. And uh, our guest today, uh, also great to see, Mr. Todd Graffini. Talk about Dyson Daniels here, Jim. Yes, indeed. I think... Dyson is, you know, another example of the fact that the Pelicans have gone much further in the direction of relying on the draft. Yeah. It's been helpful that they've had so many more draft assets, basically with the foresight of kind of making trades that included future picks. And Dyson was a part of that Lakers trade, obviously, because yeah. the Pelicans were able to take the Lakers number eight pick and select him in the draft last year. We thought there was a chance that they were going to be able to take the Lakers pick again this year, but obviously that didn't happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but there's still more hope for that in the future. So um, still a possibility that the Boy, uh, hope for it in the future, more of that Lakers trade will pay off. In New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, we talk about it a lot, sort of, you know, what new Orleans has leading into the future, but it, it's sort of hard to remember what we have left. What's which picks have we used? What picks might fall where in what years? And that's why Jimothy is here with the info. He has the giant book of uh, Pelican's knowledge. <laughs> he cracks open, leather bound, and he will inform us. The giant uh, book of picks. That's yes. what I like to call it. Yeah. yeah. Fancy yeah, I'll, name. I'll try to do the best I can. I mean, basically, you know, because you're only able to trade um, swap rights, you can't trade your pick outright in consecutive years based on a rule that the NBA has had for a long time. So, Pelicans had swap rights with the Lakers last year. Next year, they can use the Lakers pick outright. So if the Lakers have a incredibly poor season, then the, the Pelicans again will be using the Lakers pick. Um, they actually also have the option of kind of deferring that to the following year. So 
it's nice to kind of have the luxury if the Lakers end up having a decent year or a really good year yeah, last LeBron year. LeBron keeps looking superhuman one right. more year. You know, if, if that happens, the road. right, they can wait until 2025 to use that pick. So, I mean, really, if you look at it, if either either of the next two years, if the Lakers struggle, regardless of which one it is, the Pelicans will be able to take advantage of that, get yet another draft pick from the Lakers. And the other part of the future draft picks that's important to, to remember is um, with the Milwaukee Bucks, I know people, I, I was a little disappointed that they got knocked Same. out of the playoffs this year early. Poor I like Drew. Milwaukee. I like, I like Drew. I like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Um, but the Pelicans do have reason to start rooting against the Bucks Aha. in the future. Because next year in 2024, Pelicans have swap rights with the Bucks. Um, now the Bucks won the most games in the league this year. So is it realistic to think that they'll have a worse record than the Pelicans next year? Right. I don't know. I mean, it's, it, we'll see, we'll see what happens with them. We'll see injury what things happen. Right. Crazy things happen. You never know. But in 2025, the Pelicans have a chance to take the Bucks pick first round pick outright. So, I mean, you know, maybe if you want to be somebody who roots for bad things to happen to good people, you can say like it's okay if the Bucks, you know, have a good year next year, but two yeah. years from now, right. it would they, be very beneficial. Their time. Right? Yeah. They won a championship in twenty twenty one. Yeah, they've been one of the best teams in the league over the last few years. So by twenty twenty five, if they can make a dip, um, the Pelicans will have their first round pick, and maybe they can add another big piece to the roster. So they get a couple more good years of uh, goodwill out of us, and then that's it, right? Basically, and then in twenty twenty six, once again, Pelicans have swap rights with them, so. Um, you can, I mean, best case, I guess you could say they get swap rights with the Bucks 24 and 26, and then the year between they just take their pick yeah. outright. And uh, so, I mean, at a certain point, I know you, you can only add so many more younger guys to this team, right? but I think there's, it gives the Pelicans so much more flexibility in terms of yeah, you can the do moves trades. You can make you can in make, general. Right, yeah. you can make trades on draft night. You can kind of combine a few different pieces. You could maybe even combine a couple future picks. I mean, yeah. there's so many different things that they can do based on the fact that they have all of these future assets. And if there's anything we know about this uh, this front office, it's that they're creative. Uh, David Griffin is not uh, bereft of ideas on, on things he can do to tinker with the team. Uh, you know, and, and one of the great things to see this season was uh, one of the tinkering with the team things. It was Dyson Daniels. He only started about 11 games there. Uh, he played in 59 games this season, but you, you got to see a, sort of an up and down uh, season from him. You saw the potential. You saw some rough uh, patches mm-hmm. and then you saw him sort of come back uh, with his head up high. It was, it was nice to see. I would characterize his rookie season as very normal in terms yeah. of you saw a young guy who was 19 when the season began. You saw him do a lot of good stuff and do a lot of encouraging things, but he wasn't necessarily always able to just build on that and be on an upward trajectory the whole season. Right. He had ups and downs. He had some struggles of a guy that, you know, this is his first time in the NBA. So I would say, I mean, if you think about it, if you look back at Trey Murphy's rookie season, it was kind of similar yeah. to where, you know, he, he didn't, he weren't, it wasn't a given that he was going to be in the rotation the whole time. Right. Um, the one thing, unfortunately, that Dyson had that Trey did not as a rookie was some injuries that he also had to deal with. So yeah. I'm encouraged by what he did this year. Um, and some of that encouragement is just based on the fact that we've seen guys here with the player development that they have in place, yeah. some of the jumps that they can make from their rookie year to their second year. For sure. And I, I definitely think that he will, that Dyson will improve improve it's just a matter of to what degree and, and the thing is he has the toolbox it's not like you you look at a dyson with a bunch of what ifs and, and maybes you see how smart he is you mm-hmm. see how much he wants to assist and, and what a good passer he is 
Uh, if he can become a semi-consistent scorer, that'd be great. But having a, a rookie contribute that meaningfully on defense, uh, I know a lot of teams may not care that much about defense, but you know uh, on a Willie Green coach team, he's going to get minutes on this squad. It was impressive to see some of the, the nights that he had defensively where he was matched up against one of the best players in the league. I mean, he did some good stuff against Luka. Yeah. I think he did some good stuff against Chris Paul in mm-hmm. that Phoenix series where he was just not going for some of the veteran <laughs> yeah. craftiness that Chris Paul tried to pull off with him as far as drawing fouls and that kind of thing. So not Chris Paul. <laughs> yes, Joe. Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he Dyson, I mean, there were a lot of good signs that he showed throughout the year. And, you know, kind of looking forward to Summer League, too, with him. He said he's planning on playing in Summer League. Yeah. And I think if the Pelicans pick a guy, I mean, hypothetically, they end up 14th and the, they don't move up in the lottery. They pick a guy that's 14th. He plays in Summer League. I think that player and Dyson Daniels will be possibly, you know, two of the biggest things to watch during 2023 Summer League in yeah. Vegas. And we love a good uh, positional knife fight in the Summer League. We love to see how those minutes might shake out and prognosticate on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know we always need something to prognosticate on. And uh, one guy who also loves to prognosticate, Mr. Todd Graffinini, our, uh, own, our own radio play-by-play voice. Uh, he is live in studio, and we are so glad to see him. So glad to talk some Dyson Daniels with him. So let's talk about the Aussie with... Mr. Todd Graffinini. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Joining us on the Pelicans podcast, live and in the flesh, you can only get him here every now and again now in the offseason because he's a busy man of great demand, our own Mr. Todd Graffinini. Uh, it's been a weird offseason, man. How, how you been holding up there? I'm okay. Uh, yeah. Just, you know, I'm getting a little more engaged in the NBA playoffs. So yeah. uh, I think, you know, the sting of the season ending is kind of faded away. And yeah, I was about to say, you seem jovial. Yeah, man. no, just now watching some... Uh, some pretty good basketball, actually. So, uh, and and you know the hint of jealousy that we're not there, but you know, yeah, we'll we'll 
We'll, we'll rectify that situation. Yeah, we're, we're smiling our way through that, aren't we, Jim? <laughs> it doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> uh, but today we're talking about Dyson Daniels, uh, who we took uh, with the number eight pick, uh, of course, the, the year previous. And, you know, he had an up-and-down season, of course. It was, uh, it was hard to get minutes on a talented Pelicans roster, obviously, and it was hard to find the, the fit there. But, but obviously he has the skill set in terms of his defense. Uh, he has the size you want as a, as a guard uh, it's just it's just finding his role and and, and getting consistency out of him. Yeah, I, I think too, Joe. You know, he's it's been unfortunate for him because he's really not been completely healthy. Really yeah. going back to summer league. I mean, if you, if you think about it, he got hurt very early in the summer league. Was first not, game. Yeah, was mm-hmm. not able to even finish his first game. Didn't play the rest of the summer league, and then, you know, he started. I would say a little consistently at the beginning of the season last year, and then he got hurt again. Right. And he just was not able to have enough time consistently night after night where he's going to get better. You know he was going to get better because, as you mentioned, the skill sets are there. We've yeah. seen him. He's he's an outstanding defender. The IQ is there. We saw that very early in the season last year, uh, especially as a passer. Uh, I yes. thought he was very, very impressive uh, and some of the passes that he would make and not what you would call a, a typical rookie type uh, of a guy that's going to distribute the ball the way he does. Um, and, uh, you know, the scoring's going to come. The confidence there is going to come. I just think he needs more time on the court. Yeah. Yeah, Graf, you know, you mentioned his basketball IQ. I think another thing that is promising about his future is he just seems very mature. For somebody who, you know, turned 20 – um, was 19 when the season began. I feel like that's a, a reason that you can believe that he's going to keep getting better. Um, I felt like, you know, we, we talk about this, and Antonio Daniels talks about this, about how progress isn't linear sometimes. You don't, you're don't you not going to necessarily start out. If you start out well, it doesn't mean you're going to stay on that path. I think injuries definitely affected him. But, I mean, in terms of what you've seen from him off the court or just his ability to kind of learn from the other guys and his maturity, how much do you think that that – helped him at least initially during his rookie season and then going forward. I, I thought, you know, again, early on, it, it looked like this guy is going to be an immediate contributor. Yeah. And he mm-hmm. was. Yeah. And he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as the year went on, I the confidence level wasn't where it was at the beginning of the season for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we started to see it come back at the end of the year because there were some – you know, games, guys that, I mean, quite frankly, he just didn't want to shoot the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we saw that and we talked about it. But then you saw it towards the end of the year and he had some nice games down the stretch where, all right, let's go. He's he's getting that confidence back in his shot. Yeah. And he wasn't afraid to take it. Uh, he was driving into the lane. And instead of dishing it off, he would go up with it. So I, I just think it was just, you know, the broad spectrum of the rookie season uh Jim, you know, you start out well and you think, all right, well, hey, this is a piece of cake. And then you get into the grind of it and then you get hurt and you're trying to battle your way back into the lineup. And then you get back in and you're maybe not quite there mentally where you were earlier. And that takes a little time, too. So um, I think, though, as the season did and the way it did for him, I think he should be back in a very good space yeah. again going into this offseason. And it's going to be a very important offseason for him uh, to get in the gym, get stronger, develop the shot a little bit more, 
And I think summer league this year is going to be very, very important for him because he needs to he needs to be on the floor. Yeah, you know, you mentioned I, I do think that it's easy to to forget, you know, this far removed from the regular season. It's been a few weeks since we saw him play. It's easy to forget how much injuries did affect him. But I also think this is one of the things I talked about throughout the season, especially early. Um he was in a really unique situation because you don't see the eighth pick in the draft go to a team that has as much depth and as much talent as this team does. And I'll give you one perfect example that was unique to him that you didn't, you wouldn't see across the NBA in the Dallas game at the very, very beginning of the season where he played 22 minutes, did a really good job defensively against Luca had 11 points, had three steals in that game. He was a DMP the next two games. And I mean, there aren't, there might not be any rookies that were picked in the top 15 that had a game like that. And then the next game they found themselves on the bench. So that was a tough thing that he had to kind of deal with too. But again, I go back to his maturity that I think he handled all of those situations well, but it was challenging for him. I mean, by the end of the season, he had a couple DMPs as well, but if he wasn't able to play through some of his mistakes as much, it was kind of a blessing and a curse. Like you go to a team that's really good and has a lot of good things in place and players that you can kind of learn from. It's not like, you know, not to pick out anybody, but it's not like going to Houston where, you know, you have a ton of opportunities, but they're just throwing you to the wolves right. and it's like sink or swim. Um, so I think that was, you know, kind of a, ne- a positive and negative for him that he had to go through this year. I agree. And it's also, you think about earlier in the year when the Pelicans were at their healthiest, when you had mostly everybody at their disposal, um, Dyson was going in there to, just to fill a role. I mean, you're mm-hmm. you're going to play defense. They weren't asking him to score right. uh, earlier in the season, and I thought he really thrived in that role. He was really a defender and a distributor, if you think about yes. it. Uh, mm-hmm. The points were, as we say here, Lanyap. Um, he did have that really good game against Dallas. That was that was one of the that was one of the great games of the year. When it was that was that was the eight and double figures game. Uh, we had nine available players and yep. and and beat Doncic in uh, in the Smoothie King Center, but boy, that again, that was so so long ago. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, it, it, and I, I think as you know, the injury started to pile up, and then you know he was also injured himself. But they were asking him to do things that maybe he wasn't quite ready to do. Yeah, uh, in the NBA, and which is score. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just going to come. I just think that's going to come right. with time. Yeah, I mean, you saw the second year jump in Trey Murphy. You got to hope for. I mean, that, that is uh, an outlier. You can't hope for that from everyone. But but you've seen that these second year players make these jumps. Uh, you know, he had one of his great games against the Sacramento Kings uh, early in the year. He had a great one against the Raptors in December. Again, 2023 just seemed to shake us uh, to our core. But, uh, you know, it, talking about his his basketball IQ, the Kings play-by-play announcer Mark Jones had shared a story. He was saying that uh, one of the executives in the league asked uh, asked him to draw uh, end of uh, end of game play. He drew it up with so many specifics that the coaches were blown away by his basketball IQ. And so NBA-level coaches were, like, blown away by his understanding of the game. Obviously, when you're uh, a great passer, when you're a guard, your your IQ is, is generally going to be pretty high. But he seems especially smart, especially mature. And if there's anything this Pelicans team needs, it's distributing. It's it, it's easy buckets. And it just seems like he has a path for minutes going forward on this I, team. I agree. No, I, I think he's going to be really counted upon uh, next year. Um, because, again, he's got the size. He's a, he's a big guard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could say, is he a guard? Also, Jim, I mean, think about it. Is he a is he a guard? Is he a forward? I mean, he's kind of yeah. kind of in the middle there. Um, 
but we do know he can defend, and that's going to get you minutes no matter what you do uh, scoring-wise. If you can play lockdown defense, and he can, um, he's going to be on the floor. Yeah, I think he, he covers a lot of the different areas of the game that you love to see from a young player or anyone. I thought one of the things that he said during his exit interview that was interesting and also encouraging in terms of what kind of improvement can he make in year two is that he's going to spend a lot of time this summer working with Fred Vinson in the Vinson School of of Shooting. Yeah. And uh, he he mentioned how they really kind of changed his form, the, the way he shoots the ball. He talked about how he had kind of a too much of a dip in his shot. Like when he catches the ball, his elbows were going down too far. Yeah. And so he he has kind of reduced that, which is going to help him, you know, get get the shot off faster, which you need to do when you go from the G League to playing against NBA players. You're all of a sudden the time that you thought you had to get your shots off drastically yeah. decreases. Um so I think that's to me, that's the area. If you talk about, you know, what kind of improvement can he make, you know, obviously asking for a Trey Murphy type leap is probably unrealistic from pretty much any player. But I mean, I think that's, it sounds like that's really the, the, I don't want to say the last piece, but a big piece that he, if he works on that and gets a lot better at, we'll see the, the offense improve a lot. Jim, it's interesting when you were talking about that and you talked about him working with Fred Vinson, I go back to the game that we played in Denver uh, in the last couple weeks of the season, the game that the Pelicans won uh, actually, and John DeShazer and I were sitting on the baseline uh, while, you know, warm-ups are going on. You, you've been down there mm-hmm. at, at home games, and you watch the guys getting shots up, and there was Dyson Daniels working with Fred Vinson, and I'm telling you, he was draining three after three after three. I mean, and J.D. and I are looking at each other like, all right. I yeah. mean, you, you know it is there. Mm-hmm. You just got to have the confidence to – Trust what you're doing. You know, you hear Herb Jones talk about that all the time. Just trust what you're doing yeah, with your shot. Game, yeah. um, you know, he's been working now two years with Fred Vinson, has Herb Jones, and we've seen how his shot has improved. Yeah. And you know it's going to improve for Dyson Daniels. The ability is there. It's just got to translate on the court. And that just and I go back to the original statement. He just needs time. Yeah. He needs he needs to be on the floor and play night after night consistently. Well, I feel like Summer League's going to be upon us uh, before we know it, and it's great to be talking about a a hope a hopeful young player, you know, someone that, that you're still waiting to see uh, what they can do, and the sky is the limit, it seems like, for Dyson Daniels between his skill set, his basketball IQ. Uh, great to see you again, Graf, in the uh, studio, live in person, man. That's what it's all about, being yeah. in the studio. Yeah, because we've been just calling people like little mole men, <laughs> and uh, it's just nice for some human in contact to be uh be happening here so uh, thanks for breaking down dyson daniels with us and uh, try to enjoy the offseason some playoff basketball huh i'm trying at least uh we don't have to see memphis anymore yeah <laughs> <laughs> Boo-hoo. big thanks to todd graffinini for stopping into the studio here and uh you know jim it, it's fun to also talk about uh, you know, the other players who contributed. Uh, t- today, we had a couple players who I think a lot of people were curious about. Darian Sebron, EJ Liddell. A lot of people considered EJ sort of a, a steal where, where the Pelicans got him in the second round. Uh, obviously, he was injured and had a, a rehab he had to deal with. But Darian Sebron, we actually got to see on the floor a little bit playing for the Pelicans. And so people might be a little more familiar with him. Yeah, and he did some good stuff in the G League as well. I think some of the things that people talked about him during the draft last year, you know, he went undrafted, but he was one of those guys that 
got did actually get a little bit of hype before the draft as far as maybe he'll be a second round steal. Yeah. Um, to the Pelicans' benefit, he was still available after the draft was over. They were able to sign him, add him to the as a two way player, got him in Birmingham, and like I said, he played really well. Um, but in this one clip from his exit interview, he was asked about you know what are some of the things that you're working on to to improve your your stock basically as an NBA player and right. really to be able to put yourself in better position to contribute on an NBA team. Um, I feel like the main feedback was just you know giving a little bit more effort on defense. You know like picking up 94 feet and just doing the things that I feel like will help me get on the floor at the NBA level. So just things in the G League that I was doing, they're like, yeah, I mean, you could dominate there, but once you get here, you're going to have a role. So just try to, you know, be a star in that role. You know, another thing that Sebron talked about in his exit interview was how much he's going to be working on his outside shot. Um, someone asked him, you know, how much do you think you're going to be able to compete in shooting competitions with Trey and yeah. some of the other guys? And Darian said, a lot better than I did this year. So, <laughs> that's, that, yeah. so that's encouraging. Good I think luck. he knew that he was – he knew that he had ways to go with his jumper. Right. And I think you can tell from what he said in the clip that we played that he understands that, you know, in the G League, he might have been very successful at getting into the paint, getting downhill. He's really difficult to stop from driving when he puts his head down and yeah. decides to go to the basket. But in the NBA, his role is probably not going to be, okay, we're going to run the next five plays for, for <laughs> right. Sebron and we're going to say, every, hey, everybody clear out and let this guy yeah. get to the hoop. So. He knows that, you know, whether it's defensively, whether it's his outside shot, no, I mean, a bunch of different areas that, that he's going to have to fit into a role. Yeah. He's going to have to figure out like, okay, I'm probably not going to get out here and score 15, 20 points. So how can I help the team in other ways? So I, I think it's, it's great that he definitely um, has that grasp of, you know, here's, here's how I can be successful as an NBA player. Yeah. He also mentioned too, that he's going to be, playing in summer league this year. So this, this will be another good opportunity to, to see him. Yeah. He played in summer league in 2022. I think he was, you know, kind of a off the bench role kind of thing. There were a few other players that they wanted to get more minutes, including right. Trey and, and Dyson. Unfortunately, Dyson got hurt yeah. in the first um, summer league game. But um, so I think most likely we will get a chance to see him play a lot in summer league. Um, EJ Liddell, another guy that, you know, Another guy that, that a lot of Pelicans fans felt like was a steal where the Pelicans right. got him. Yeah, and I think there was some encouraging stuff that he showed as well. Um, EJ said that his plan is to play in summer league if, if there aren't any setbacks. So sitting here in May, we don't know for sure if he's going to play, but the hope is that he will be there in Las Vegas. And so as we kind of look at it, I, I think he used to get juicier. Yeah, there's going to exactly yeah. that's there's going to be more and more reasons to um, to tune in in July and see a bunch of these guys that are a part of the future in the plan for the Pelicans uh, going forward. You know, as, as we talked about, EJ Liddell was uh, having a deal with uh, with that rehab, and I believe uh, he talks about that in this clip, huh? Yeah, he was asked basically what was the biggest challenge that you went through during your rehab. A lot of things, actually. Just one of the biggest I could probably say is just, uh, just going out there and being confident in myself. Uh, I built a lot of confidence uh, just year by year in college, and just to take a step back like this, it definitely can affect you. But um, I'm just going out there and trying to be the best version of myself uh, right now while rehabbing. You know, one thing, too, that EJ mentioned in his exit interview, this was the first time that he's ever been injured during his basketball career. So, I mean, I can see how that would be difficult because you're just used to being on the floor. You're right. used to never having to deal with anything. Why now? And so for him to have, you know, an ACL be the first time that he was hurt, that that definitely stinks. And it was – it was too bad that we weren't able to see him, that he basically missed what would have been 
you know, all of his rookie year. Yeah. So, but you know, last thing too, that he, he talked about, he said that Larry Nance jr. Was very helpful to him as far as, you know, kind of getting through his injury and just learning a lot of yeah. different stuff. I mean, he knows you don't want to, you want to get as much out of this experience as uh, that you can, even though you're not out on the court. He mentioned that he, th- he thinks that Larry Nance is kind of the type of player that he wants to model himself after that. He feels like he can be kind of that, that Larry Nance jr. Type player. But he, it was funny. He said that he kind of joked that he has, he doesn't have as much balance as Larry Nance does, but he thinks maybe he can have a better outside shot than Larry, that All Larry's right. not really his forte. So I'll take it. EJ definitely understands his strengths and weaknesses, and I, 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 we all can sit here and say that's a good player to, to try to model yourself after. That if you want to be Larry Nance Jr., that, that you're going to have a long career if you can come close to that. Yeah, we'd love a few more Larry Nance Juniors. I feel like every team wants a Larry Nance Jr. So, yeah, come on down and uh, emulate the guy. Love to hear that from EJ Liddell. Uh, thanks for sticking with us for these Pelicans player profiles. It's been fun to uh, look at the squad and, and see what was this season. We will check in with you again around May 16th for that draft lottery. So that's going to be interesting. Who knows if we could beat the odds once again. We will have all our good luck bobbles in hand at the time. And Jim is, of course, our good luck bobble in the building. Uh, so we will have Jimothy polished and ready to go. And we will see what happens. Talk to you then, Pelicans fans. And until then... Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.